Hey everybody, welcome back to Letterman Row. I'm Austin Ward, that's Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook. And Spencer gave us a great idea for another uh, video breakdown as we continue to wait on the Big Ten to actually make a decision about when it will or will not play in 2020. Spencer, the, the impetus there was that you said, all right, there are guys that need to play. They need a season in October. Uh, there are certainly parents of some of these players who've reached out with concern waiting to find out, hey, they need to play some October, November games so that their kids who came back can get some NFL film. This is especially true for a number of seniors, and you dove into that, and you picked five. If you had to narrow it down to one, Spencer, uh, who would be the Ohio State veteran who most needed to play October, November, which is also, I should add, that you, you heard the Steelers GM say that a player who played in the fall would be given the edge in an even comparison between somebody who didn't. So that's – that's a, a lawsuit topic for a later day, but it is part of the reason why you dove in uh, to some Buckeyes who really need to play personally, not just because they want to win a college football playoff. So it's interesting to me because there is a Buckeye who would fit perfectly in the Steelers defense, but if he doesn't get to play this fall, the Steelers might not want to pick him. And I think that's Baron Browning. Like this guy came off the edge last year, late in the season. They started using him as an outside linebacker, like a three, four type of outside linebacker where they were bringing him that he got a couple sacks against Penn State. He was disruptive against Clemson. Like, he can be a really good pass rusher in the NFL as a linebacker if he is given the chance to put some of that on film. I think he would have done that a little bit at Ohio State this fall. If they get to play in October, I think that's going to be a big role for him, and I think he's going to, that's going to catapult him into a first or second round range because he's just so athletic. If he doesn't get to play, I can't even imagine. I don't know where he would possibly fall in the draft, but I can't imagine his film so far in his career would lend itself to a first or second round draft pick. I, I think he, he needs it just as bad as anybody. I think he would probably be going into a situation that's really trailed him throughout his entire Ohio State career where everyone knows he has the physical tools, but the, oh, middle linebacker, outside linebacker, where should he play? Is he an edge rusher? Like He never really has had a chance to get comfortable in any one spot, uh, and he's constantly gone into you know every spring, every training camp, having to ask what position he'd play. That would be a lot less fun for him you know, going through combine, you know, 32 interviews and, and having to work out at different positions. Uh, Berm just got a new haircut all of a sudden there with his background. But I think that's what – you're absolutely right about Baron Browning uh, needing to play. And now Berm has somebody hidden behind him, a grand reveal for his pick. I want to be very clear that I had initially planned on talking about Baron Browning because he was the obvious choice. Uh, and Spencer forced me – to adjust on the fly and it forced me to show my ability to read and react, which is why it's so important for Cameron Brown to get a chance to do the same this October and November to show NFL executives that he is in fact the next round one pick in the secondary for Ohio state. Cam has an opportunity as a starting cornerback at Ohio State to do what every cornerback in the NFL or every cornerback at Ohio State has done in the last eight years and that's to get drafted. And, you know, for a kid who came out of high school out of St. Louis three years ago as a wide receiver slash athlete, uh, he's really proven to the coaches at Ohio State over the last couple of years where he fits on the defensive side of the ball, what he can do uh, when he's focused on one position. And this was his year to, to really take that step and elevate himself from, from right now uh, where he's sort of an unknown entity, kind of like uh, Denzel Ward was back in 2015 to really take that next step. And I think that uh, Cameron Brown is, is a guy that I think needs this offseason uh, or this season to happen 
uh, you know, against full, you know, good versus good type players because that's when he's going to really show where he fits. Is this some sort of retribution for me throwing it to Spencer first so that he could pick Baron Browning? And then I've spent all offseason talking about Cameron Brown and suddenly you pull that out of a hat? Is that what just happened here? Wow. Okay. He won't even say it. But I know that that was aimed at me. I know who you're picking. We all know who you're picking. Well, now I'm not. Now I'm talking about Jonathan Cooper because this guy, uh, which I thought you would go with him because you, you've been – you followed his, his story so closely. Uh, local kid, five-star recruit, um, one of the most personable people that you're ever going to meet. Uh, the tough decision, the injury, red shirt last year, come back, and now you don't know when you're going to play. He still hasn't had a chance to show, um, you know – Everybody that saw him in August before that high ankle sprain was raving about him and how what he could become as his in his senior year. Um, you know, playing in that rotation, your stats are never going to be great, uh, which is what he did for the first couple of years. But you know, he, he was going to play a lot opposite Chase Young this year. That was still an opportunity with Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith on the other end. Uh, he could have been the guy. You rack up eight and a half, nine, ten sacks for the Buckeyes this year and you play for Larry Johnson, your stock goes like that. Um, he needs to play. People need to see it. You know, forget about, you know, putting the injury behind him. Just the production needs to be there. Uh, and I don't know. I hope he gets that opportunity. He certainly deserves it. But uh, he's one of those first guys that comes to mind where you need to be out there, you need to play. And that was the whole design behind taking that red shirt to come back was it show a full year to the NFL talent evaluators of what he can become. And it'd be a real shame if he doesn't get that opportunity. Um, beyond those three, who else jumps out? I mean, we could really go up and down the Buckeyes defense and pick a dozen more players. I mean, Tyreek Smith, Tommy Togiai, Teron Vincent, uh, Josh Proctor, Seven Banks. I mean, the, Tough Borland. I mean, all these guys have have unanswered questions that we were kind of expecting them to take a leap this year and be like the next guy to, to really elevate. Uh, offensively, I think that there's a question mark um, still around Justin Fields. I think people want to see him um, get better. I mean, obviously he was as good as any quarterback in Ohio State history, but right now you're talking about him versus Trevor Lawrence, and it's really not about him versus Dwayne Haskins or Troy Smith or anyone else. You're talking about a guy who has an opportunity to be the first pick in the draft and needs to prove that he's a quarterback who can play the quarterback position above the shoulders as much as he can, um, you know, with his arm and his legs and everything else. And obviously he made big strides towards that last year. But if you see the national um, scouting folks, there's still a lot of questions about Justin and as far as how he gets um, to that next, next level, that next, 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 next. but uh, you know, I, I think obviously offense is a little bit more answered um, for the Buckeyes, but defense is, is where those questions really are. I look at, I look at, Trey Sermon, I look at Josh Myers. I think Josh Myers has a chance to be a first-round pick as a center, which doesn't happen very often. If, if he had another season, if, if Ohio State could have won the, the Moore Award as an offensive line, if he could have could have competed with Creed Humphrey for the Remington Trophy. Uh, and, I, and then I look at Trey Sermon because he's a guy who – huge question, is he a feature back? Is, is he a guy that the NFL teams want to take a first- or second-round pick on? And if he would have had 12, 1,300 rush yards in the Ohio State offense this year, I could see him really creeping up and having good pro day, uh, creeping up into that, that, that good payday 
when it comes to the NFL draft. But there's going to be questions about him, whether he's a feature back or not by the time this, this season's over. And, and it's going to be a shame if he doesn't get to play it down at Ohio State. Yeah, the last guy that I think you really got to throw in there, uh, one of the targets there, Chris Olave. I think we've all seen what he can do uh, in big games, and the production has been there, the touchdowns and key, oppor- and key opportunities uh, against big-time competition. Olave always seems to shine. I don't have any doubts about him as an NFL wide receiver, but I would understand why uh, uh, somebody who wanted to invest a first- or second-round pick in him might want to see another year, the next step in his development, figure out exactly the best way to use someone with his skill set, which um, it certainly helps that he has Brian Hartline working with him uh, to continue to improve those routes. You know, the speed is there. He's always been reliable with his hands. I don't have a lot of doubts about him, but if you're talking about a wide receiver with the ability to potentially leave, you know, with a a year of eligibility on the table, I think that Olave would have needed uh, a really big fall uh, to do that. And, And maybe that's, maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. I just think that, at a position like that where there's so much talent and he's not one, even with what we've seen from him in Columbus and the respect that he has in the big 10, he's still not very much of a national brand name. And the last memory that a lot of people have is just fair or not the miscommunication in the Fiesta bowl. So he wanted to get that taste out of his mouth. We know that I think there was one more year where he could prove that he is one of the best wide receivers in the country, not just, you know, a very dangerous, dangerous player in the Ohio state offense. And um, all of these guys just, I think it'll be interesting. At some point, someone is going to slide down an NFL draft board. They're going to use what was said by the Steelers general manager. Um, and it might not happen in Ohio State. It might Who knows where it'll come from. But I think there'll be an interesting lawsuit. be fascinating to watch if they can't get on the field in October. But there's a vote coming. Maybe we'll actually get that opportunity to see these Buckeyes and, and as many of them as possible play this season and play uh, for something significant. All we can do at this point is uh, – Hope that common sense prevails, which, as we all know, it hasn't for the last several weeks. We don't need to get Berm started again on that right now. We will just <laughs> let him calm down. Don't do it, Berm. We'll do that. We'll save that for another show. That's Berm, Spencer Holbrook. I'm Austin Ward. This has been Letterman Row, looking at the Buckeyes uh, 365 days a year. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you next time.